This is Igris, and we are continuing a letter that we started last week. We started this letter from Chaim Grada, or to Chaim Grada, excuse me. Chaim Grada was a famous Yiddish writer, and his wife had written to the Rebbe. And in the letter that his wife had sent to the Rebbe, she said the magic words that set off the Rebbe. She said the magic words. Look down here, I'll highlight it for you. She said that her husband was a Yehudi Maderni Imaseras Litai Misnagdis. That her husband is this Chaim Grada. She described her husband as a modern Jew, a Yehudi Maderni, with a Maseira of the Lithuanian Misnagdim. So he called, she called him a Misnagd and she called him a modern Jew. And these are two things that the Rebbe cannot, cannot stand as monikers. Um, he explains why in the letter. In, in, he says in the letter that he's using the letter as a, uh, the fact that Chaim Grada's wife wrote to him is giving the Rebbe an opportunity to write to Chaim Grada. And what does he spend his whole time doing? Critiquing the words that his wife used to describe him. So he spends the first half of the letter explaining that there is no such thing as a misnagad, that you can't call yourself a misnagad anymore because they don't exist, because the entire idea of isnagdus is that you're opposing something, and there is nothing to oppose in Hasidus. We explained this at length in the previous year, Ayin Sham. If you look in the second half of the letter, the Rebbe does not let up. B'day melakach is what we're looking at today. It's at the top of the page. You should have it on your screen. B'day melakach ani neket amadla, the Rebbe says. I also have to make a stand about the following. I'm also going to make a statement about the fact that you are called a modern Jew, that you're known as a modern Jew. I will remind you that Chaim Grada, being a Yiddish writer and being the Yiddish writer that he was, we talked a little bit about his life history in the last class. He was, by all intents and purposes, for all intents and purposes, a modern Jew with a with a Lithuanian misnagasha Maseira. He was a uh, son of a maskil. Uh, came from Maskilim. He wrote about Maskilim. He was invited. He was involved in the Haskalah pretty heavily. He was involved in the art scene in Vilna and uh, in Vilna, which gives you the Lithuanian. And he was a Talmud of the Chazan Ish. So you have here definitely somebody who, uh, who if we didn't know any better, we would have accurately described as being a modernist with a Lithuanian Misnagsha tradition. The Rebbe already shut down his Misnagsha tradition. Let's watch him shut down his modern tradition. So he says, you also called him a Yehudi Maderni. This term, Yehudi Maderni, a modern Jew. If anybody knows what that is, please tell me. I, I went looking everywhere. I cannot figure out what Haskalah Basa Shemaim is. I think it was a phrase people knew then that, that has fallen out of favor, but it was a form of Haskalah. From what I could find by poking around uh, some articles from the from the 40s, from the 50s, it, it, it looks like this is what, this was a school of Haskalah that was supposed to be more attractive to yeshiva students. I, I don't know. Anyway, there was the Haskalah movement. The, uh, the idea of the Jewish enlightenment was, was where the notion of a modern Jew came from. This is already gone out of style. It's not cool anymore to be a modern Jew. He says, the opposite. Modernity isn't cool anymore. What does he mean? The more a Jew is modern nowadays, says this is even more distant. The more modern a Jew is nowadays, the more distant he is from the original roots of modern Judaism. That is the notion of the reform, which was that a, that a Jew should be a Jew in their house and they should be a normal person when they're out in the streets. He's saying, what the Rebbe is going to continue saying, what he's saying even right here, is that a current modern Jew, if you were to pull over a Jew right now and ask them, are you modern? He said yes. And you were to ask him, what's your life like? He would be further from the modern Jews of that era than a non-modern Jew today would be. There's no, there's a rift between the modern and the modern, the new modern and the old modern. This is a typo here because it's an English translation. It's, I'm sorry, a Hebrew translation. Because if you look in the Yiddish, it's, 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 it's the word milchama. They've, this, uh, this caused fights with the Jews who chose to stay in the tents. The end game, of course, of the 
the end result of the Jews separating themselves and saying that they wanted to be a, a Jew in the home and a person in the street, these old, the old form of modern, of modern Judaism resulted in the becoming nothing but tools for the Gayim Lahavdil. Okay, by Yehudi Kayem, the Rebbe continues developing this idea, Yehudi Kayem, who, who, Dafka Yehudi Geya, who's a modern Jew nowadays? A modern, modern Jew nowadays is the proud Jew, is Yehudi Geya is a proud Jew. Miskar of Yes, Vies, the Torah Yeshana Chadasha. He's becoming closer and closer to the old new Torah. Why is the Torah old and new? Shalomar is Shehi Nitna, Lifi, Be'erech. 3,500, Sean, even though it was given, the Torah was given about 3,500 years ago. It's still new and it's still fresh. As the Chazal say, the Torah will be new in our eyes every single day. We see this particularly when it comes to Jews who are under the under the um, under the dominion of the communists of the communists for the communists. For 50 years and more than 50 years, they remained Jews and they left their Jews. This does not apply to those who hung on to various isms. And this is something we're going to develop at length in the year. So hold that thought. But the Rebbe is saying here that we see that, uh, that, the, that the Jews who are most, uh, the, the modern Jews nowadays are people who are very interested in the Torah. So to... It's a subtle point. What he's saying is that the old, the way that people used to use the word modern Jew in the time of the Haskalah, which is what Chaim Grada considers himself as a modern Jew in the Haskalah thought, is actually quite outdated. That modern Judaism is outdated already and that the modern modern Jew, the new modern Judaism, uh, wouldn't recognize the old modern Judaism because the new modern Judaism is actually quite interested in Judaism and quite proud of Judaism. And uh, we see this specifically among those who are leaving the iron fist or the iron curtain, as it were, of communism and are deeply passionate about Judaism, whereas those who hung on to various other isms, which are the trappings of modernity, grabbing an ism, uh, they did not turn out so well. We also see this in the field of science, the Rebbe says. Lately, what science has been doing, and of course, science has continued to do this, by the way, science has continued over the modern science is the effort of showing that everything is completely unified. I don't know if the Rebbe is referring to, uh, to the unified theory that physics was always going after. That certainly was his field, but this is something we see in biology and in chemistry, is that the, the thrust of modern science since over the past hundred years or so really has been that uh, we used to think that more than a hundred years ago, we used to think that everything was completely separate, that there were, uh, that there, there were, there were different um, uh, humors and that there were different foundations of the world and that everything was split up into different parts. And lately, what it's all about is incorporating biology and chemistry and physics all into one thing, and that really the chemistry doesn't work if there's no physics happening at the atomic level, and that the biology only makes sense because of the chemistry and the physics. The idea that everything, and even that organ systems all work together, that a disease in the hand is really caused by a problem in the nervous system in general. The, the idea of the unification of science is something that's quite new. A hundred years ago, they used to think that, the, that science used to see the world as totally split up, and now it's unified everything together. But as of the Kach, the Rebbe says in addition to this, Gama archaeologia Mardenin, modern archaeology, Davka Masheresis Nechenes Sipurai Tanach. Modern archaeology is affirming the truth of the stories of Tanakh. It's in opposition to those who once called themselves maskilim, or those who were proponents, strong proponents of Jewish science. These people came out of Germany, and they were wrong. The original maskilim, what the Rebbe is saying here is very interesting. I haven't heard anybody else make this point, but it's a great one. Is that the, uh, one of the main arguments of Haskalah, 
of the original idea that there should be a modern Jew is that Judaism is antiquated. It's got these old ridiculous ideas. We believe in a history that didn't happen. We believe in a world that is supernatural that isn't happening. And that if you want to pull Jews out of their superstitious nonsense and the Torah that is wrong, you have to bring them into the science, which is, which is right. And what's the Rebbe saying here? The science of the 1800s was wrong. And the Torah is only now being proven right by the science of the modern era. So the entire idea of Haskalah, which was uh, freeze frame in the year 1800 and decide that science is true and Torah is false, has been turned on its head. The science of the 1800s was wrong. And the Torah of the 1800s is just as true then as it is now. And who's proving it? Science. So the entire basis of Haskalah doesn't really exist. This is very much what the Rebbe did with the idea of Misnagdim, if you'll remember. What he did with the idea of Misnagdim, he said he can't be a Misnagdim because the basis of the idea of the Misnagdim is something that was never there in the first place. The Rebbe's now done this with the idea of Maskilim, that the Haskalah never made any sense in the first place either, because the whole idea of Haskalah was to take uh, was to take religion and replace it with science, and the science of that era was wrong, and the religion of that era remains correct. Uh, the Rebbe also has a really nice dig here. and <laughs> says, these same people, where did Haskalah come from? It came from Germany, the same place that produced the German culture. And what is the German culture? Hitler and those who inherited him. <clears throat> so uh, the Rebbe is not a fan of German culture in general. Uh, the Rebbe then says in the rest of this letter that I've gone on longer than maybe I should have, but then he says, maybe it's actually shorter than it should be, and I need to elaborate upon these points. He ends up by wishing them a, a, uh, a happy Shavuos, and he goes on in the PS, which we're not going to read today, to say that he'd like him to reach out to Shazar and just make sure he's okay, because as you'll recall from what we're doing historically in these letters that we've been going through in 1973, Shazar had just ended his tenure as president, and he was kind of spinning his wheels. So we asked him to check on Shazar for him. Anyway, what we have here from the letter is uh, I have three main points I think we can pull out from the letter. Uh, um, or maybe more than three, four points. I have four points on my little notepad here. Uh, four points. The first one is that the word modern used to mean a timid Jew with limited interest in Yiddishkeit. And now it means a loud and proud Jew who's interested in Yiddishkeit. So when you call yourself modern in the tradition of the Maskilim, like modern like they used to be in the 1800s in Germany, or even the 1700s in Germany, that's kind of silly because that modern's the old modern. There's a new modern. These new modern Jews are very into Yiddishkeit. They're leaving Russia and, and, and running to Terra and Mitzvahs. Then the Rebbe says that modernism is just another failed ism. That's what he's saying when he goes after the ismim over here. He said, just another failed ism. Only those who cling to Yiddishkeit and uh, throw away all the other isms end up surviving exile and, and coming out interested in Yiddishkeit and part of Yiddishkeit. He then says that the modern Maskilim built their arguments on the notion that religion is old and wrong and science is right and new, but the science that they base that on is now old and wrong. And modern scientific thought supports Terra. And then, of course, he adds, that don't forget the roots and the outcomes of the Maskilim's favorite ism, modernism, uh, German culture, and Hitler. <clears throat> the, uh, the isms captured, captured my imagination a little bit. I, uh, I have been railing about isms forever, but not because I knew the Rebbe talked about them. I heard Mashpiam talk about them so often that it became one of my things. Um, Actually, I have a WhatsApp group still that I keep with my students from, uh, from Ithaca College. And uh, I sent them things uh, last week when I discovered all these letters. I was sending them thing after thing going, look, all, the Rebbe talks about isms all the time. I didn't make it up. Um, <clears throat> if, uh, are people here, have people here come across this at Binet Fabrengens where isms have been thrashed? The idea of an ism? Has this been, uh, has this been on your radar before? Okay, well, it's, uh, it, now it will be. The Rebbe goes after the idea of isms. When I say isms, I should define our terms. Ism is anything that ends in the word ism, an ideology. That is communism. That is, uh, and it doesn't have to end in ism to work. That is that people, there are some from Yidin who consider themselves Republicans, some from Yidin who consider themselves Democrats, some who consider themselves involved in, uh, in animal rights, involved in vegetarianism, involved in, uh, involved in gun rights. I mean, 
pick your pick your poison. If you are involved in something that's not Judaism and it's an ideology that you consider part of your identity enough that you would attach an ism to it and say that you're a card-carrying member, the Rebbe is not happy with it. We have here a, uh, a mikht of klali from the days of Slichas, of Tavshin Yud Dalid, and it is written to the entire Jewish people, and it sure is harsh for a letter written to the entire Jewish people. This is again from Tavshin Yud Dalid during the days of Slichas, and here the Rebbe drills down into some of his issues with isms. <clears throat> Let's jump to uh, the second paragraph here. Now, a short introduction, which is just a disappointing introduction. The Rebbe is going to say in this letter three or four times that we all know what happened in 1954. And since we all know what happened in 1954, we all know that we're very disappointed in ideologies and isms. And I don't know what he's talking about. I, I looked up things that happened in 1954. I asked our resident historian, Meshe Rubin, uh, what happened in 1954. And neither of us are sure what he's referring to. Meshe Rubin thinks perhaps he's referring to the real rise of, uh, of the Cold War, the real start of communism and the Cold War. Although obviously these things had roots much earlier, the Korean War was right around then, so it's possible this is when that this is when the Cold War was feeling particularly harsh. Possible something was going on in Israel. Uh, I thought maybe it was the end of McCarthyism. That's when McCarthy got prosecuted. It's hard to know what he's talking about. But anyway, as all of us who lived in 1954 know, 1954 was a rough year for ideologies. One of the things that every Jew must reflect upon when they think about the past year, it was very clear to us this past year in an obvious way. The, uh, it, was, it became clear to us how inappropriate it is to rely on any of these ideologies and the hope that they claim to have. All these ideologies have certain hope to them that they promise us a better life, and we've seen they don't work out. And it's become clear. It's become clear that a Jew cannot rely on any ideology. The ideologies, the isms, and also the groups of people who are promoting them. They have led to, once again, to incredible disappointment, bitter disappointment. By those who had hung their hopes on them. It certainly does sound a little bit like the failure of communism. In this year, we became convinced, even among those who are a little bit distant from Yiddishkeit, we became convinced in this past year that the only way that the, Jew, that the Jewish people can survive, the only thing that keeps us around, is hanging on strongly to Torah and to the way of life which it explains, with the Torah, which the Torah teaches us. Also, sometimes people have this compromised position where they'll open an organization and say that it has two or three founding principles, and that they are equal founding principles, and that one of the foundations of their of their organization is Torah, and then they also have other things that are making up their foundation. For example, Torah Umada, I don't know. But Torah, you know, you, it's not just Torah Umada. There's many organizations that say that one of their founding principles is Torah. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't remember where I saw this. I remember seeing a letter from the Rebbe where, where they'd made a roll in the shul or something like that. They'd made like a, uh, a, a roll in a shul for like the um, a board member who was in charge of of Torah for the shul. And the Rebbe was like, I, I don't understand how Torah is just one role in a shul. So the idea that Torah and mitzvahs can be just one leg in the table that holds up the Jewish people, that can't be right. <laughs> the year once again, the year once again demonstrated that compromises like these are just bridges that bring the Jews from the right to the left, which distance us 
from authentic and original Judaism, in a way that we can act on them every single day. The only thing that has kept us going is the Torah and mitzvahs and practical Torah and mitzvahs. That's the only thing that can keep us going since Har Sinai, the only source of our strength. Tell us tip Shasi, the Rebbe says, it is a stupid mistake to make. And also an astounding mistake. That we would be satisfied with fancy speeches. Uh, that, uh, that that then that then that act in a way that act like all of the other guyim or that we would be satisfied with infusions of Judaism certain years certain days of the year or specific times in our lives it's ridiculous to believe that Judaism can be something that we have some days of the year or at certain life stages that Judaism is a bar mitzvah or a yom kippur it says. And Judaism needs to completely absorb us at all times. He goes on to say here in the rest of the letter that just like a person wouldn't be satisfied being only half healthy or being surrounded in a situation where they were only half healthy, similarly spiritually, we can't be in a situation where terror is only one of our values and we have other isms mixed in there. There must be exactly one ism and, uh, and that ism must be Judaism. So some summaries, some basic points that come out of this letter is that uh, all the isms have disappointed us, especially this year, and I don't know why. He says compromises, uh, organizations that have Torah as just one of their pillars. Those would be some of the Jewish isms, I assume, like, you know, the <laughs> Jewish Republican Party, the Jewish, Demo- the Jewish Democrats. They're people who say make Judaism a value, but not the only value. They have only distanced people from Yiddishkeit. It has not helped. And infusions of Yiddishkeit are not enough, just like being half healthy is not enough. The last thing that I want to show you, I don't know if we'll have time to do properly, which is such a shame because it is incredible, is that we have a sicha from the Rebbe where he really dives down into his problem with isms and describes them in detail. I do want to tell you at least outside what he's saying, then we'll read some of it inside. Uh, what he's saying outside here, what, he, what he's going to say in the sicha, and the sicha is, uh, let me tell you where it is, it's Yudtes Kisel of Tavshin and you have the PDF so you can take a look at it when you get a chance. Here the Rebbe says that what is the guiding principle of modernity? What makes us want, what, what, what does modern mean? Modern means that we're embracing the idea that things could get better if we did things differently. That's what modern means. That's what, uh, that's what the idea of, of modernism is, whether you're Jewish or not, uh, is that modern means that things would be better if we did things a little bit differently. So what's the idea of an ism or an organization, one of these isms or ideologies? The idea of an ism or an ideology is here's a way to make my life better. So modernism and uh, modernity and isms are closely intertwined in that the idea of a modern person is that I can use ideologies and isms to make life better. Now, Jews invest in isms. Why? Because they believe that they can make the world a better place. That's what a modern Jew is. A modern Jew is someone who invests in various new ideologies and various new isms and throws themselves into them entirely because they believe they can make the world a better place. Ask any politically involved Jew, right? Ask a Jew who is a strong and strong and vocal supporter of the Republican Party or the Democratic Party. They'll tell you that the reason why they're interested in that is because they think that by investing in these things, they can make the world a better place. The Rebbe Nesicha tells us that by now we've tested every ism, that we've been around a long time. He says in one place in the Sicha, he'll say that... Uh, when we were at Har Sinai, we hadn't seen all the other isms yet, so we just had to trust God that he'd given us the best ism. But we've had 3,500 years since then to investigate all of the political ideologies, all the social ideologies. We've seen every movement rise and fall. We've tested every ism at this point, and all of the big political and social experiments have failed horribly and disappointed us terribly, and usually put us in a worse place than we were in the first place. The only ism, he says, that is worth investing in is Judaism, all the other isms and ideals, even those built on the best intended foundations, they end up being worthless. Um, we are just about out of time, so I don't think we'll necessarily read the Sikha, but that is the Teichen of the Sikha. Please do read it when you have, uh, when you have some time throughout the day. Take a look at the Sikha. It's, it's, it's fantastic.
What are you saying, parrots? I'm listening. We'll do the sechah. Okay. When we want to test out different paths, different ideologies, different ways of doing things, well, one way or another, all the paths that we might try out, all the isms that we might find, this particular ism, believe it or not, you might think it's new and modern, but they tried it 20 years ago. And this idea, you might think it's brand new, but you know what? They tried it 40 years ago, they tried it 50 years ago. And they saw the outcome. They've done poorly for the individuals and they've done poorly for the entire Jewish people. Everybody, Every kid thinks he has a brand new idea. The truth is they've tried all these ideas before. The day after Matan Terah, we had to trust what we'd seen at Har Sinai. We'd never tried doing things another way. When it comes to our generation, we live in now. We've tested all the other Durachim. We know that there is no path. None of these isms work besides Judaism, besides Torah, besides mitzvahs. We know that the other ones are not reliable. Lenasis says a derech. The idea that maybe we could be involved in Judaism without doing practical mitzvahs, we already tried this, believe it or not. This is not a, this is not a new idea of the, of the reformer, of the conservative, or of any movement in Judaism now. They tried this idea. It's Manshel Pilian Alexandroni. I don't know who he is, but we tried it in his day. They thought back then maybe they could remain Jewish if they only were Jewish in their minds, that they thought like Jews. They went to bagel brunches and they had Jewish ideologies. Um, I believe that's sort, of a, that's sort of a knock on the humanist Judaism. So the idea of humanist Judaism is that you can have a Jewish way of looking at the world without acting like a Jew. And that's a, that's a movement that exists now. When it came to practical mitzvahs, they could just hint to them with, uh, with vague reminders. Yes, this is very much the uh, humanist approach that exists now. This existed in the times of uh, of the Alexandrium. So this was in the times of the like the, the Greeks. We did we tried this thousands of years ago. There's not a single one of them who still exists. They're gone. Some of them return to Yiddishkeit and they're now uh, absorbed within the rest of the Jews and we don't have any trace of them. And they're doing mitzvahs. And some of them remained Greeks. They stayed in Alexandria and we lost them to Jewish history. So the idea that you can be a humanist Jew you can think Jewish and you can act vaguely Jewish, but you don't have to do mitzvahs. You think this is a new idea that was introduced in modern America? Nope. It's a very, very old idea that failed 2,000 years ago and people don't learn their lesson. What about another idea? People think they have this brand new idea that just started now. And the brand new idea is that we can split up the Torah and we can mess with the Torah and bend it to meet the needs of the time, that we need to make it modern and timely. You think that was started by modern Jews? Nope, that was not, that's not new at all. This isn't something new that came up it, that came up about a hundred years ago. They already had this idea in the base of Mikdash Harishan. Two thousand years ago, we tried this. Also in the second base of Mikdash. We tried it in Babylonia. We've been trying that one for thousands of years, and it has never worked. And the idea that people think is also relatively new. Maybe we should try acting like the rest of the Goyim, and then they won't hate us so much. That's also not new. They tried that in the times of Yechezkel. And it didn't work then either. This must be what he's referring to as the Yiddishists. It's a, right, a, a hit right of Chaim Grada, right? The idea of the Yiddishists, that perhaps we can... Um, that perhaps we can tie Yiddishkeit 
no, or maybe the or maybe also the Zionists who tied Yiddishkeit in a lot of ways to the Ivrit language. The idea that perhaps we can tie Judaism to a language instead of to a religion. Or anything else besides Teremitzis, maybe nationalism. We've all we've tested that too. There were Yidin in the times of the base makers who spoke Aramaic, and also in the times of the second base makers who spoke Ashdodit. I don't even know what that is. I think it's the language of the Philistines. They spoke Mayavit, They tried all these other Lishanis, they also spoke Hebrew. But it was never the language that made them stronger. The language never created an identity. Also the idea that maybe we need to make the Goyim around us happier. Maybe if we're nice to the Goyim, they'll be nice to us. The Rebbe says, we tried that, we know it doesn't work either. And the rest of this paragraph, he says, every time we try it, they just hate us more. He says, that's it, we should read it because it's such strong language. Um... Okay, here's the part I want. Sometimes Goyim straight up tell us we're never going to like you. Sometimes the Goyim keep it to themselves. They just tell each other that they're never going to like us. In our generation, in our generation, the Rebbe says, they told us it, that they didn't like us. And the Rebbe says, only 10 years ago, I think he's talking about the Holocaust. The whole world stood by and watched the murder us. The fact is, they don't like us. And sometimes they tell us, sometimes they don't. But whether they're obvious or not, that has not worked either. All of these great ideas on how to make the world better, all these modern approaches to Judaism, they have all been tried and they all have failed. What is the only approach? approach that works. We have to tell people there is only one path of, there was only one path in Judaism and it's the only way and it's never changed. That's the way of the written Torah and Mitzvahs. Obviously he goes on along this path, but I'm glad we got to talk about it a little bit because some of these ideas are just, uh, the Rebbe puts them so nicely. What the Rebbe is saying, of course, over and over again, is that one of the reasons why we're not invested in isms is because not a single, we, we've tried them all, we really have. People think they have these brilliant new ideas. They've all been tried and they've all failed the world at large and failed us specifically. And all we have, what, what do we have to lean on? Only our God in heaven, only Tyrannus. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Shkaya.